0: Hi, my name's Ryan Ross and welcome to the Central Ray podcast. I have a huge passion for radiography and a somewhat unique perspective from my experiences as a surgical imaging technologist, a radiology quality and compliance coordinator, diagnostic imaging manager, and now as an educator. Here we will discuss best practices, quality improvement, education pieces and interviews with surgeons, radiologists, medical physicists as well as some of our industry leaders. So please join me as we explore the world of x-ray and how to improve the outcomes of the patients we serve. One last thing, if you enjoy this content, please subscribe to receive notifications of new episodes, and please leave a review to help raise the profile of this podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email the show at, at com. And now, on with the show. Hi, and welcome to The Central Ray Podcast. I'm Ryan Ross and today I'm going to talk a little bit about reject and repeat analysis and how I used it as advocacy for my department. So a little bit of my past, I was a quality coordinator where I used to have to collect the rejects and repeat analysis and uh, distribute that information back to our quality committee. And after that I successfully applied for the manager's position. And I was able to bring that knowledge of the reject and repeats with me into that new position to really look in a little bit more detail at how the the information that's available on a reject and report analysis could help my team in terms of resources, staffing, additional training, etc. So where, where we can start is at first we were a very busy facility so we used to um, have a repeat analysis of anywhere between 40,000 to 60,000 images a month and there, there's no way you can look at images of that so you really have to have good Excel or spreadsheet skills to do bulk line item analysis unfortunately my previous position had required that so I, I kind of had that too, and before we just used to report the, the repeat analysis, the, the repeat rate. And it wasn't very informative, always felt as much as we we're just trying to hit a target somewhere between five, eight, ten percent, whatever it would be. But I never really felt the value in you know, really assessing the rejects. My bigger issue was what's the quality of the images that we are sending? So when I looked at the in more detail at the the reject reports that the machines would give us back, on there there would be the exposure index, the target exposure index. You would have your patient MRN number, um, sometimes date of birth, sometimes their weight. Um, you had your collimation field, you had your body part, the exam name. Um, so there's a whole bunch of information that was never introduced to the reject and report rate. So when I go into management, I really want to focus more on the quality of the images that we are sending. So I could look at the variation on a large scale of our exposure indexes from the target exposure index. And with a simple pivot table analysis, you could look at the the deviation index of all of the individual body parts. you could really break the information down and see what is our reject or repeat rate on shoulders and then you could open up the shoulder column and you could see what was your rejects on internal rotation what was your rejects on um scapular y so you could really get very granular with the information and along with that is the ability to look at the deviation index so scapular y is a quick example we could see that on average our scapular-wise were drastically being under-penetrated. There was a a more than two-factor shortfall in the technique. So that then gave us the ability to go back to uh, bioengineering or the vendor and reset the techniques and bring them higher because we now had data that supported this technique is too low. And many times to the technologists, because the digital systems alter the image and try and bring it back into range with rescaling, it was never really immediately available, especially if you're working at pace. It's not the way it should be, but it's the way it is. There's The analysis of an image isn't as robust as it should be before it gets sent to the radiologist. And I think sometimes we lose that feedback loop from the radiologist reporting back on quality and then it just gets lost and before you know it you have a new accepted norm Um, so it really depends on management leadership etc to invest in a good qa feedback system to really you know help the staff as much as it is to help the patients etc so anyway back to the the reject analysis one thing that i done was we we were lucky enough through COVID to get more uh, mobile equipment and because we had storage space issues, you know like most hospitals we had to find a way to disperse them so one thing that I changed previously, all of the portables used to sit in a central hub near the technology station and they would get called for a portable, they would go grab it and then they would travel through the hospital with it well, that was a huge amount of mileage on the machines. Um, it slowed the technologist's response time down because you could it could take 15, 20 minutes to get to the other side. So we then spoke to, let's say, the, the cardiovascular ICU and said, could we get a space for this portable machine and keep it parked here, and that way we can respond quicker? We would then speak with the neonatal unit can we position a portable here and so we strategically positioned the portables in say you know different areas that definitely increased um response times it also took a lot of frustration out from the technologists because previously they would have to wait on elevators whereas now if there was a real rush they could take two three four flights of stairs kind of get there quicker because i'm sure you know in a hospital if you have the portable you have to use the service and patient elevators and then if there's a patient waiting you have to wait your turn and let the patient go first so all of that kind of uh that was another benefit of placing the portables everywhere but the bigger thing is once these portables now had been in their areas when i gathered the reject information i could see that most portables had acceptable reject rates but a couple of the portables were consistently a little bit higher and when you scratch a little bit deeper you would see okay where is this portable situated? Oh it's in the cardiovascular ICU okay let's look a little bit more what type of patient population do we have in cardiovascular ICU? Many times these patients are incapacitated. Um, they're not mobile. Many times it's also accompanied with obesity. And when they're all hooked up to monitors and lines, etc., the positioning can be a real challenge. So we were able to determine that this was not an area that a single technologist should perform uh, exams in. So that gave us justification to say this area requires two technologists for, you know, for the majority of the time. Because that then left a shortfall somewhere else, it then gave us grounds to advocate for additional staff because our volume need was now demonstrated by the equipment that you know we, we had to um, provide higher diagnostic quality of images in this area and protect the staff from injury. So the only way we could do that is if we would now body technologists up for that area. Um, and th- that was a, a huge benefit um, when we looked at a little bit further from the the original um, reject analysis methods. That information was never ever looked back into the system because you just looked at an overall reject rate. And because the portables went everywhere in the hospital, you had no real sense of how different areas or different patient populations impacted the reject analysis. So if that's something that your hospital can um, invest in, is enough equipment that can be dispersed appropriately, it can really shed a light on the the real effectiveness of of your staff and help protect them um, and take some of that excessive workload. Uh, I know it's not fun um, when you have that, you know, you have that 300 pound patient and you're the only technologist and there's no nurses available to help. Um, The justification for two technologists on some portables was a huge win for everyone. I am definitely going to come back to this topic in the future, um, but I'm just looking to keep these podcasts a little bit on the, the shorter side just now. Um, and hopefully as I start getting into conversation with our medical physicists, physicians, etc., we can then really dig deep into some of these topics. So thanks so much for tuning in. Please reach out to me at askatthecentralraypodcast.com. Give me your topics. Uh, give me your feedback. Give me a, a sense of how your facility is. Do they have a QA program? How invested are they in learning and additional training to help benefit the the diagnostics that we perform so i really hope to hear from some of you take care and i'll catch you on the next one